what's up everybody this is steve and this is andy and this is steve and andy meet adventure comics number 103 we're back yeah we are i mean I, I i don't i don't know if everyone knew we were going to come back though i mean we we threatened that we would yeah we th- it was a threat it, yeah it was we're now banned from the state of maine Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, but we said we, we said we're still going to do an episode about Maine. <laughs> That's why they, they banned us. Yeah, we're back. Uh, great Super Bowl overall. What an oh, ending. it was! Oh, what, what a game! Ending. What a halftime show! And uh, you're talking of, about ours, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> okay. And the Katy Perry one, which we were yeah. in. A lot of people don't know mm-hmm. we were the two dancing sharks. That sharks. was yeah. That was yeah. Steve and Andy right. in costume. I, we. Those are just our regular clothes. That's what I wear out. That's the thing. We just happened to be wandering around the stadium, and Katy Perry saw us and was, "Hey, what do you, like, what do you guys like to dance with me?" And we're like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, sure, guess, yeah, why not?" Yeah. So we went out. Great ending to the Super Bowl, I would. Yes. I have to say. Yeah, I mean, it was a very exciting game. Uh, I think one of the better Super Bowl games in a really long time. Yeah. Maybe, maybe in, in recent memory or in my yeah. memory at least, yeah. Well, and I think it's because we pumped up the teams at halftime. Oh God, they knew they they, they said Steve and Andy brought it. We have to bring it too. Mm-hmm. But we're yeah. bringing it this week with a comic book. We're not talking about the states yet. We're gonna do no. intersperse it with some with some uh, comic action. So we'll mm-hmm. we won't leave those fans behind. This week we're talking about Adventure Comics number one hundred three from April nineteen forty six. A lot of people say this is the comic that uh, signified the end of World War II. Once this was released, everyone knew that the war was over. Japan surrendered when they, when they read this. Yeah, a lot of people think we, we dropped an atomic bomb. We actually just dropped, you know, bushels of uh, Adventure Comics number 103 on them. <laughs> and Hiroshima just exploded. Exactly. Everyone opened them up and went, <laughs> mushroom cloud. Adventure Comics number 103, yes, April 1946. On the cover... I like this cover a lot. Yeah, I do too. I, I, it's it's Superboy lifting up a car that has a damaged tire. Uh, a guy looks very surprised. Um, now, now, did you see this cover as like an homage to Action Comics? Yeah, symbol? yeah. It, it's very, very much like the first Superman cover. I think that. Yeah. I it must be right. It, it must. Be. Yeah, but it was like the more playful Superboy style. But it lo- it appears as though Superboy removed the working tire and put on <laughs> the damaged one. Well, Maybe- well, because because he's a son of a bitch. You he know? is. Look at him. Look That's at smart. Him. It's a proud smile. He I've is. Seen and and the guy smiles. is is upset. How? Okay. So when was Action Comics number one? Nineteen nineteen thirty eight. So by that th- that was almost ten years old. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, now, now I will say this isn't like the this is the first appearance of Superboy in adventure comics, yes. but he was in like more fun comics prior to this. Right. And this I is, just happen to get all this the is the most fun comics that I like to think so because uh, we're going to be talking about three of the stories featured in this uh, issue. Uh, mm-hmm. There, there were uh, five stories: a Superboy, Green Arrow, Johnny Quick, Shiny Knight, and Aquaman. We will not be talking about the Johnny Quick and Shiny Knight. Because most people say that's what caused the explosion, <laughs> were those two stories. Yeah, we, we can't be res- we cannot be held responsible for it. Yeah, I mean, people's ears would be blown out if we read, you know, so, discussed them. So start. They might be anyway. I, yeah. So starting with the Superboy I, story, I think what we should first start with is the uh, inside the front cover. The G is for Gazelle. Yes, there's an ad. 
I didn't read it. I, I'm looking at it now. Jesus for Gazelle Swift, but also smart. He knows that this symbol means the best in comic art. DC Comics. Uh, I guess I guess they're are they marketing to gazelles? I think so. <laughs> the Superboy <laughs> issue, the Superboy story in this issue titled "Happy Birthday" on the splash S- panel. Simple story. I mean, simple title. I simple mean, title, but a deep, disturbing yeah, tale. It is. It is. Especially the splash page with Superboy seemingly destroying this girl's cake. Yes, we see a, the, a backyard birthday party of a little blonde girl. Superboy's leaping in. Uh, he might be leaping out of <laughs> yeah, the I was going to say, is he leaping out of it like a beefcake dancer? It, it, it appears that there's two young boys in the back who seem excited, so that might be it. But it, in either case, her cake is destroyed. Yes. Uh, we, say, we, we see it's Clark Kent's birthday, but it's also Betty Mars. And false rumors come to spoil them both. Mean tongues wag as a broken-hearted girl weeps. What will Superboy do? I think mean tongues wag is, like, the theme of this entire episode, though. Wasn't that a, a, a Rolling Stones album? Mean tongues wag? I think I, I think it was a Counting Crows album, actually. <laughs> it was based on the Superboy story. It was, yeah. Uh, uh, Clark Kent... Arrived. It's his birthday. He's ten years old, or at least ten Earth years. He arrived on Earth ten right. years ago. Uh, we see his mother saying, "I'll bake a cake, and there'll be ice cream. You can you can invite all your friends. I'll have a party." Of course, Clark says, "But that that you know that would be dandy. Only it's... it w- it would have been dandy." But this shows the who the the, the the ego on Clark Kent. I think this next statement. <laughs> it's Betty Mars' birthday too. Oh, and if, oh, oh, I and see. if I have a birthday, no one will go to hers. Yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, the ego on this kid. It, he, I, I understand he's Superboy, but still. And, and his mom is like, oh, that's so nice of you. But yeah, you're right. He goes, look, if if I throw a birthday party, obviously everyone's going to want to come to mine. No one's going to want to come to Betty Mars. I'm not going to have a birthday party. Exactly. To I mean, fair, why, I, wouldn't they, why wouldn't they want to go to his birthday party? He's got two old parents. <laughs> they probably have prune juice. <laughs> <laughs> But we see in Betty Mars' home, it's, it's, they're planning for the party, but they're not all happy. They're reading a newspaper, a smear story against her dad. He was nabbed as a suspect in a hotel robbery. Uh, and, and young Betty says to her mother, don't cry. They're, they're, you know, it's just a mistaken identity. They, they've got it all wrong. And as her mom says, it's a terrible news travels fast. I mean, the, the news I, travels fast. I, I think the dad's been missing for four days, and they're just now reading about it in the paper. <laughs> I think that J.C. Marr, the father, uh, he just leaves quite. I often. thought, he, yeah, I think he just stuck up and left. And then I was uh, curious. I wonder if J.C. Marr is actually Johnny Marr, the uh, guitarist for the Smiths. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more season this issue. <laughs> We, uh, the mother says it's, it's it's just an awful mistake, but people won't know that. He's, now his name's been smeared in the paper. Just then there's a knock on the door. He's home, John. I like how, I like how he knocked. He didn't just walk in. <laughs> he said, Did it, hey, were you worried? You can stop now. Uh, they, it just turns out someone looked like me. The police arrested me. I And, and I can only assume he's been interrogated for four days. Well, I was going to say, for a guy that's been interrogated, arrested, wrongfully accused, he seems pretty cheery about it all. Yeah, and he's got that nice pencil mustache. Looking he doesn't good. really seem to care. I mean, he comes in and he goes, let's throw this party. It was the 40s. Things, things were different. 
Yeah, I said, let's throw this party, and the mother's like, I forgot all about baking the cake. Uh, so she gets started on that. Uh, John and Betty go outside, hang up some lanterns. It's It looks like a rockin' party, but... Well, you know there's going to be cake and lanterns. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it, it, again, the 40s. It's a... I think that is a Rolling Stones album, Cake and Lanterns. <laughs> We see, uh, you know, even though the police have cleared John Marr of all suspicion, the gossip, the gossip mill is, yeah, I, is I'm churning. Confused. I'm confused because they mentioned the Metropolis police. I thought but he was from Smallville. Smallville. Yeah, uh, he must work. I, I'm assuming he works in, in Metropolis and he was that arrested is, there and held against his will. That seems like that's a long trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's. You're right. It's a it's slight plot hole. <laughs> we see we see a, a group of men saying, look, I knew John Marr. He wasn't as he seemed. You can't even trust anybody these days. Uh, we see these busybody ladies on the phone uh, saying where there's smoke, there's fire. And they're like, look, I'm telling my son, stay away from Betty Marr. Her dad's no good. All these parents are telling their kids. And you know, that's not the real reason they're telling their sons to stay away from Betty Marr. It's that mustache on her dad. <laughs> mustache, yeah, I was gonna, yeah. <laughs> what, what were you gonna? <laughs> she can't keep her lights shut. <laughs> <laughs> you took it. You took it in a different direction, but okay. yeah, I was gonna. Say. <laughs> you can't... It looks like they're. It looks like when the the people talk on the phone, the lightning shoots out of their mouth. <laughs> That's what it was. The forties. That's how people talked <laughs> on their phone. Uh, and so none of the kids are gonna go to the party. We see later Clark, young Clark Kent, looking like. <laughs> Like, someone, whoever drew this issue had trouble drawing children because their heads are <laughs> abnormally large. <laughs> their heads are the size of the adult. It's the 40s. Yeah, that's, the 40s. that's how <laughs> things were. That's what kids look like. Uh, uh, Clark is talking to his friend. His friend's like, I guess Betty won't think she's so smart after this. It seems harsh. Clark's like, no, no, look, the police cleared her. The police wouldn't have let her father go if they hadn't been sure. I think this town really doesn't like the Marr family and are just using this as an it's, excuse. Like, Thank God we don't have to hang out with John anymore. <laughs> uh, we see that evening Betty Marr is, is hanging. She's prepping for the party. They have this beautiful cake. Uh, she said, can I light the candles? Her mom said, why not? People will be arriving soon. <laughs> just then, the one and only guest arrives. It's Clark Kent. She's like, oh, thank Oh, yeah. Have you seen anybody else? He goes, oh, no, I, I didn't. Didn't see anybody. Uh, some time goes by. It's clear no one's showing up. The cake is all melted. The ice cream's all messed up. Betty starts crying. She she goes, they stayed away because of what happened to my dad. He was falsely accused. I feel like uh, Clark's head is even bigger in this panel. <laughs> he says, hey, you know what? Don't worry about it. Those kids aren't worth crying over. But John is in... He looks enraged. He's, he's like, I'm going to go rob that hotel now. It looks like he's going to start hitting somebody. He does. He probably... He, yeah, it was the 40s. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> he goes, it's those busybody gossips. They were exaggerating the news story about me. It was it was this busybody. He's like, I'm going to go give him a piece of my mind. <laughs> he probably goes and beats the shit out of a couple people. Probably. We don't, we don't see that, though. Instead, we That's, see yeah. we see Superboy. Now, flying. can I just say Superboy is frightening. I mean, he's disturbing. He's like a tiny, muscular boy. He's frightening looking. He is. I'm going to have nightmares about uh, Superboy's biceps. He looks disturbing. <laughs> he does. Uh, 
I think it's just this issue. Or maybe it's the 40s. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Superboy flies to the police chief's office. He busts in the window in Metropolis. The chief says, oh, it must be this fellow Superboy I've heard so much about. <laughs> well, no shit. I mean, come on. It's another flying boy. It's just another, yeah, I mean, the Metropolis is packed with flying muscular boys. Uh, he goes, look, you made a mistake about John Marr. You arrested him. And he goes, oh, yeah, that was unfortunate. We uh, we have the real robber. If there's anything I can do to make up for it. This is a much different time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now, I would assume John Marr would have just been shot on shot site. On, shot on site, yeah. No questions asked. Yeah, and then a grand jury would have decided not to <laughs> indict anyone over it. It would have been a much darker birthday story. But instead, yeah. here, the police chief is like, oh, uh, yeah, what can I do? And Superboy goes, okay, this will only take a few minutes. He grabs the police he, chief. He, like, headlocks him and he throws does. him out the window. And notice, Superboy is 10 years old. This, he's, bigger, he's bigger than this guy. <laughs> Although the police chief does say this is the most exciting experience in 40 years on the force. <laughs> but he says it with a sad look on his face. So Superboy flies all the way back to... It has to be humiliating to be a you know forty years on the force and have a ten year old boy basically grab you by the head and fly you around the city. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Uh, Superboy flies to Smallville to one to Joan Reynolds, who seems to be the ringleader of the busybody gossipers. Yep. Uh, he flies in. He says, "Look, uh, to tell him tell him what happened." The police chief says, "We arrested the real guy." Mr. Marr, you know, he had excellent references, his credentials that already convinced us it couldn't have been him. That means a guy with great references and great credentials, he could pull a crime and no one would think it's him just because he has yeah, good he, references. John Marr, he's, pro- he's a cocaine dealer, probably. Yeah. The heroin scourge. That but, he has, he, but he has good references. He does, yeah. They're, but they're all cocaine dealers. Well, yeah, exactly. So they explain to this woman that, you know, he, he's a good guy. She goes, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I better call everybody. So she calls all her friends. <laughs> of course, they they send their children over to the party right away. And all the kids come in singing happy birthday. But Betty says, I'm sorry, the cake, the ice cream, it's all melted. <laughs> and the kids go, ah, don't worry. None of us had time to get any presents anyway. But and they, I actually think this was a plot just to make to not spend money on this girl to get yeah, her own presents. I mean, they must have known her party was coming up. Yeah. I think what happened was everyone forgot that our party was coming. Yeah, no, no one want, wanted to go anyway. Yeah, no one, no one wanted to spend any money on a present for. Her. And then they're like, "Uh, what, what's the first thing that we can think of to prevent our kids from going?" And it just so happens, you know what? Probably one of the parents called in the police and said, "I think the guy that robbed the hotel was John, <laughs> was John Marr. Marr." The only reason the kids are coming now is because John Marr went and roughed up all the yeah. parents. Because notice he's not at the party. He's nowhere no, to no, be seen. He, he's still beating up some parents. <laughs> We haven't seen Pa Kent yet. He's probably getting it worst of all. <laughs> uh, just then, Superboy flies in, arm full of presents. How did he get these presents? I'm assuming he stole he's... them. He stole them. Oh, okay, that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> he, I'm thinking he actually robbed the hotel, Superboy. Then he felt guilty. They so just he... assumed it was a man because he's so freakish yeah. in his proportions. Mm-hmm. But but he's still upset. Look, there's you know there's no this cake. It's 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 messed up. It's melted. It's all. Superboy says, don't worry, he flies around the cake, creates a vacuum, freezes it, and they make it sound like the cake is totally back to normal, but if you leave ice cream out or a cake out for a long time, yeah. and it gets all weird, if you stick it in the freezer, that doesn't fix it. No. 
So, but he's Superboy. Yeah, that's true. I mean, this, this is. Uh, he's also he also makes candles. That's right. Later, Betty says, "Oh no, we don't have any candles. All mine melted down." Superboy just grabs some. Whack. Betty is pretty demanding. If you ask. I know. I mean, he's no, like, no wonder no one wanted to go to her birthday party. Exactly. He makes some wax, grabs it, and, and takes him two seconds to make ten candles. Uh, finally, uh, the candles are all lit. The cake is made. This is, is set up. Betty blows out the candles. Superboy flies away. Comes back as Clark Kent, plays some games, pin the tail on the on the donkey. Um, oh, but doesn't someone say it should be pin the tail on Charlie? Yeah, Char- I, they probably beat up Charlie after this. And I, I didn't know if it was some sort of Vietnamese reference, you know? It could. This was this was a little pre- <laughs> too too early for the Vietnam. Vietnam. <laughs> I mean, mo- most of the writers probably didn't know what Vietnam was when they. <laughs> and after the quote gayest birthday party of the year is over, <laughs> that was another party <laughs> Clark went to. Yeah, well, yeah, it wasn't Betty's party. Clark gets back. <laughs> he, he went to another one. He is sharply dressed. <laughs> he went to Fire Eye. <laughs> It was Elton John's birthday party at the same time. And <laughs> he goes, man, I'm sure I'm hungry. I wish my mom would fix me a, a sandwich, maybe a glass of milk. He shows up. His parents are there. Happy birthday. They've made a cake for him. They said they're proud of him for uh, for helping little Betty out. And he goes, oh, you guys are so good. Sometimes I think I can't possibly deserve it. No, he, he's right. And <laughs> he is right. He doesn't deserve it at all. All right, that was it, Superboy, and happy birthday. Um, it, um, glad everything worked out in the yeah. end. It did. It really, really did. He got a birthday party as well that no one went to. <laughs> I know. He he was saying that earlier to make himself feel better. Yeah. He's well, like, yeah, ah, no, I can't have a party. Everyone would go to my party. No one would go to Betty's. But he knew deep down that no one would want to go to his. <laughs> Even his parents didn't want to go. <laughs> yeah, I know. They, they made obligated. the cake, and then they were like, uh, we'll talk to you later, Clark. <laughs> All right, the next story, the green... Well, first, yeah, after yeah. We, before we get to this Green Arrow one, let's look at the, the ad for Wheaties right after the Superboy story. Yeah. With the wizard, or not wizard, but the uh, the fortune teller. Yeah. And he's saying, I just called to tell you you're all out of Wheaties, mother. <laughs> I don't know how that sells Wheaties. That's like, that's a New Yorker comic. It doesn't make <laughs> any sense. You don't need a crystal ball to check your mother on Wheaties. <laughs> Why do you need to check your mother on Wheaties anyway? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> All you need is an eating acquaintanceship with those champion whole wheat flakes. Because once you know Wheaties swell nourishment, swell against flavors. That's not a word. Is that <laughs> swell against flavors? Swell against, no. You're going to make mighty sure there's a big stock of Wheaties on hand always. Better look into your supply of Wheaties right now. You'll want lots of milk, fruit, and Wheaties breakfast of champions tomorrow morning. Have them every day. And that's what the fortune teller says. All right, now, now we can go to uh, Green Arrow. I, no, I gotta go check my Wheaties supply. Oh, okay, well, after that you can. <laughs> For the coming... Yeah, well, yeah. Nuclear apocalypse is the 1940s. Mm-hmm. All right, Green Arrow. <laughs> this one's been adapted into an episode of Green Arrow, right? Like the television show? Yes. Okay. And, and I'm talking of... about that Wheaties ad. <laughs> the Green Arrow in the Invisible Arrows. Beware the blasting bolts that hurtle from this ancient bow. For though you run to the farthest corner of the earth, you cannot escape its specter shafts. And while the Green Arrow and Speedy, those two ace archers, counter with their 
whizzing weapons of mere wood you know, you know and what that steel. Meant. Yeah, I, know, I was going to say, you know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> Their lives become the stake and their duel with invisible arrows. Their lives were never in danger in this whole... This, that they was, really, yeah, they really weren't. This, I, I gotta say, before we start this uh, story, it's it's a little weak. It is. I, I don't really know what was going on sometimes. <laughs> it's a little confusing. And it, it seemed like little... they just put, like, word balloons anywhere. <laughs> there were a lot of words, a lot of uh, some unusual things happening, I guess. But this is uh, because we, we decided to do this one before the Aqu- Aquaman one, because you need a breather after that yeah, Superman, yeah, Superboy yeah, story. Superboy, yeah, yeah. All right, so we open at a at an auction mm-hmm. uh, of a rich estate. They're selling antique weapons. Uh, Oliver Queen, of course, and young Roy Harper, the alter egos of Green Arrow and Speedy, have shown up. Uh, they said maybe they can get some pieces for their collection, a suit of armor. I don't know what what they're collecting, but uh, <laughs> just suits of armor. The first, uh, the auctioneer is up. He's got a sword. He's just holding it straight up. Uh, <laughs> and he goes, That's uh, one of the things about, I mean, this is a, you know, an estate of a rich man, but all the stuff just seems to be thrown about idly. Yeah, it's not. And it's kind <laughs> it's, of, it's like in this back alley kind of. It seems yeah, no, it's just like piled up on a table in a back alley. So they, he, say, he says, what's the bid on this sword? But someone yells out, wait. And he says, who said wait? <laughs> And it, it was this man, Emir Bey. He ha- he says he has the greatest treasure to sell. It's a magic bow of Kamir Hamid, who apparently is a great Arab warrior who fought the English Crusaders in the 12th century. I don't know if that guy is real. I, I didn't I, verify that. I, yeah, I was thinking about looking it up, and I just said, yeah, it's yeah, green <laughs> <laughs> You see the kind of research that goes into this, <laughs> this podcast. And that's what they can expect from the States podcast, too. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's just this, uh, the auctioneer was like, what is this? It's just a piece of wood. But, but, uh, Emir Bey says, yeah, you know, it's got these magical powers. Maybe I'll let it go for $50,000, which I, it's like a billion dollars. Yeah, he was starting big. (laughs) Uh, I mean, that was basically his equivalent of like Clark Kent saying, if I have a birthday, no one will go to anyone else's birthday. (laughs) Exactly. A lot of, uh, hyper, hyperbolic claims in this, in this issue. Okay, so the auctioneer says, whatever, I'll just see, put it up for auction anyway. There's, uh, this is a shady back, mm-hmm. <laughs> back alley operation. He says, what's the bid? Put silence, complete silence. No one bids. And Amir says, fools! <laughs> they, they know not the occult power in this bow. Just then, someone's screaming. They say, stop those two guys. They stole my wallet, my cash. Uh <laughs> In a secluded nook and lightning change, Oliver Queen and Roy Harper transform to the Green Arrow and Speedy. They say their names out loud. No, just... what's weird? <laughs> what's weird though is we see them as Green Arrow and Speedy, mm. and it looks like they're in the middle of like the woods or something. Yeah, this is like a a secluded wooded area with the building. They're kind of behind it, giving this auction. It's it's very strange. It's weird. Yeah, it's I mean, dirt. I don't know. The, the criminals are running away on a dirt path. Dirt road. Yeah. Uh, the Green Arrow says, I'll just uh, shoot one of these guys with my arrow and stop him. He's going to kill him. You know? <laughs> right. He's like headshot. A couple of headshots and <laughs> put these guys away. But then Amir uh, says, wait, my bow is better. My arrows are surer. He says, I can shoot these invisible arrows and stop these guys harmlessly. And he does. He he's whispers strange commands <laughs> to an Arab warrior dead a thousand years. I like think he whispered sweet nothings to the air board. 
<laughs> a little bit of that too. Yeah. And 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 then the two men fall. They said they've been struck down. They they don't know what happened. Speedy's impressed. He goes, oh, how, he, how did he, he stop? He, he's easily impressed though. <laughs> Uh, just then someone says, uh, oh, I guess my wallet was in my pocket the whole time. Uh, these guys are innocent. Look, I, I don't understand. Why, how did a guy say that? I, I, see, that was one of the things that confused me. Yeah. The wallet was never stolen. So why did he, how did he ever think that my wallet was stolen? Yeah. I, and, and you know, kind of the criminal's plan hinges on. Someone I mean, blurting out my wallet yeah. was stolen. I think that guy was in on it. That That's my yeah, explanation yeah. for that. The wallet yeah. guy was in on it. Um, those guys who said, hey, we were just running to our car to get our checkbooks. Uh, okay. Um, well, it's an auction. They probably they saw that suit of armor. Exactly. I heard Oliver Queen talk about it. They're like, oh, man, this is – we probably need our checkbook for yeah, this Yeah, we got to get it on this. Let's run. Um, and then Amir says uh, – you know, it was invisible arrows that stopped him. And, and Green Arrow, who's now wearing a blue shirt inexplicably, <laughs> says, I still don't believe it. He goes, all right, I'm going to hit that bell over there. Check it out. <laughs> well, that's kind of what he's doing with his thumb or anything. Like, check it out. Yeah, he was. He's like, all right, here we go. He, he hits it. Bong. Again, Speedy. He did it, GA. Oh, yeah, he's pumped. He's pumped up. But Green I, Arrow... I, I, I pronounce it the entire time, guh. I didn't realize his name was G.A. <laughs> he was saying, go, he hit it. Green Arrow, go, is still uh, not not as impressed. He no. goes, all right, you're choosing your own targets. How about this? Can you hit that weather vane? Uh, he, he hits it with an arrow himself, and he goes, all right, no problem. Crack, the weather vane explodes. Speedy, or I guess it's Green Arrow, says it must be magic, sheer magic. He says it's Arab magic, sir. And that's... That, that's... Better than just regular was it, pure magic. That, that was a Rolling Stones album, right? What, Arab Magic? I think that's it was, an, it was one of that's the... An, that's an Elton John album from the 80s. <laughs> that's right, that's right. It, it, it's the one after Reg Strikes Back. Just then, uh, now now people are dying. $50,000, that's a good deal. Someone offers $100,000. He goes, no, my ancestor spirits speak to me. I dare not sell this bow yeah, obeys all commands. He says, "In evil hands, it could be bad." I'm, I'm going back. I'm going back to Arabia. That's my favorite country, is Arabia. <laughs> and uh, Green Arrow says, "I'm going to stay here and check out what's going on uh, later that night." This was a confusing scene. This mm-hmm. uh, uh, Speedy climbs up to the bell tower to check it out. Um, turns out Green Arrow is also up there. They almost shoot each so that other. Means Speedy was there by himself. I yeah. mean, they were both there by themselves. They did not tell the other one they were going to stay there. Um, yeah, I thought that was weird. So yeah, it was a little bit of an awkward scene. But they're like, "Look, look! Did you see the arrow? It's got a big giant crack in it." The bell does. Yeah, oh, sorry. The, the the bell has got a big giant crack in it. And and uh, uh, Speedy goes, "I guess it's it's real. It's magic. Is real." So they speed off in the aero car, driving down through the city. Uh, a guy, uh, a newspaper guy, selling a newspaper. The magic bow was stolen. A reward is offered. I wonder if it's the same paper that had J.C. Mars story in it. it was, <laughs> this is all in the continuity of this issue. Yes, it was yeah. the same paper. And, and it's this newspaper that's just writing these horrible, horrible things. And so... Um, they grab the paper. They somehow get the address of uh, <laughs> of Emir. Well, it, it was it was printed in the newspaper, I believe. I guess he was offering a reward. I guess he would have. Mm-hmm. So they sneak up. They jump out of their car, leap up to the 
where the address is. Eavesdrop. It's, it, <laughs> I think they were catapulted out of their car. <laughs> it's just, these giant springs. Yeah, the aero cars catapult is better than an elevator. Uh, they're listening in through the windows, which uh, this is a maybe the sixth story of a building. They're in the bushes outside. Th- this issue, this this story is just lazy. And it's, it makes it hard to explain on a podcast. <laughs> I mean, when they were shooting the bell, like, it was a church tower bell, but right next to it was, like, some, like, farmhouse that was isolated from everyone else. <laughs> I was very confused I, by They just thing. wrote this as they went along, I feel like. Yeah, I think they probably did. It was, like, Lost, the TV show Lost. <laughs> okay, so... giant smoke monster in the set issue, right? <laughs> there's, a, there's a fat Hawaiian guy. Yeah, well, we do see, uh, as they eavesdrop, uh, a fat rich man. What's his name? Uh, I think his name is uh, Bidlow or T. Barnes Mid- Bidlow. Yeah, he sounds rich. Uh, he does. Apparently, okay. So the the arrow was stolen. Also, Amir's there. I don't know what he's doing there exactly. The arrow was stolen. Um, I think they live together. <laughs> it's just <your> roommates. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The arrow was stolen, and they got a note that says, "Don't notify the police." Um. You put a hundred thousand dollars in cash and a paper bag. Someone offered a hundred thousand dollars to to buy the, <laughs> the thing, and why didn't they just take that? What what's all with all this elaborate? Ugh, anyway, but apparently, you know, if if they don't do that, the T Barnes, the rich guy, is is going to be killed, and uh, the Green Arrow, agreeing to blackmail, threats, and murder, says, <laughs> "All right, I guess you uh, you know, just uh." Pay him the money, I guess. See you later. And they walk down the stairs. And Speedy's like, <laughs> He's like, you're, you're tough luck. <laughs> but no, they said, we're supposed to be scared, quitters. Let's let's this, let's see how this plays out. So they in follow. This, in, in the panel where he says we're supposed to be scared, quitters, all you see is Speedy and a giant purple hand. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. It's lazy. They just had that panel laying around. Someone was good at drawing hands, and they, they just went with it. <laughs> okay, so they sneak off. Uh, okay, let's see. They sneak off, and they see Midlow carrying the $1,000 in cash. A bunch of guys come up and say, we'll take that. Then they jump out, and they, they shoot the, the criminals with their arrows, Green Arrow and Speedy. And kills them. They kill, they kill them. all the criminals. Uh, a guy has a charm boast. Green Arrow smashes and half punches the guy in the face. It turns out that guy... Was uh, one of the criminals was was what's his I'm, Amir, Amir 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 yeah one of the criminals was Amir uh, he set this whole thing up the invisible arrows weren't real it turns out he was just using a gun to shoot all the stuff and then the story just ends yeah it just stops uh, yeah why these two men are those who struck uh, what did they say here uh, the, bosses, the two guys that Bay's announcement that he lost was a signal for his gang to cash in, take them away, officer. And that's it. Yeah, it was not a. That's not a strong story, I have to say. I don't understand their plan. Their plan was to get a hundred thousand dollars, but someone, like you said, someone offered to buy it for a hundred thousand dollars. Why didn't they just sell it and because cut out the middleman? They spent all this time with with. They had uh, storyboards, like a big thing where they drew it all out on the whiteboard. They had to stick to that. It would have wasted all their time. <laughs> that, there it is. Green Arrow, the invisible arrows. We didn't see too many invisible arrows in that issue. We didn't see any, actually. <laughs> because they're all invisible. Exactly, yeah. 
All now, right. now, the next ad, though, can you outguess the weatherman, the amazing forecaster? Do you see that? It's just a thermometer on what appears to be like a birdhouse. <laughs> Maybe th- those were new at the time, though. I don't know. Birdhouses? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ads in these old issues are always fun. I still like that Wheaties one the most, though. Yeah. All right, moving on to Aquaman, Footsteps in the Ocean. The splash panel Aquaman swimming Isn't that along. a Lionel That's a Lionel Richie album, isn't it? Footsteps in the Ocean. <laughs> it actually might be a Lionel Richie. <laughs> Um, we see Aquaman swimming at the bottom of the ocean, and of course, there's giant footsteps. What giant's feet have walked across the sunken sands of some weird and sinister man-monster now menace the watery kingdom of Aquaman, once sovereign of the seas? Come and swim along with Aquaman as he hunts this mysterious terror who leaves a trail of footsteps in the ocean. These footsteps really bother Aquaman. They only have four toes. Again, a lost reference. I don't. You've never seen Lost, but I've never seen Lost. <laughs> Maybe the someone out there has seen it. They'll, they'll get that. Uh, we start with Aquaman. He's he's protecting tiny coral fish that are migrating off the South China coast. Uh, he he's protecting them by punching a shark in the face, <laughs> <laughs> really hard. It's like compressing the sharks. Knows, he says, it's time you hungry brutes were taught to leave these harmless fellows alone. The shark, what is he going to eat? He's got to eat something. He, he, he doesn't care. Aquaman, that's metal. That's bad, right? That's yeah. how you yeah. have now no sharks in a million uh, of these tiny fish all of a sudden. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's, yeah. Aquaman does not care about the no. ecology of the, <laughs> the ocean. He really clearly. doesn't. <clears throat> and just then Aquaman notices on the sand below these giant footprints. He kind of freaks out. He says this man would have to be 50 foot tall. And he would also have to know my secret of underwater breathing. Isn't it? That's what bothers him. Main. But I thought his secret was just being from Atlantis. This is the Golden Age Aquaman. So it's a different backstory than the Silver Age what, one. What is his underwater breathing secret? Then? I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> I just know he's. Uh, this is how you can tell the Golden Age from the Silver Age Aquaman. The Golden Age Aquaman has yellow gloves. Okay. <laughs> I got it. I mean, I see. Okay. Once he starts wearing green gloves, he becomes the Silver Age Aquaman, and they do the whole Atlanta story. I don't I don't know what it we'll is. We'll have to read up on our Golden Age Aquaman backstory. But uh, he swims up. He sees an American freighter. Uh, they say, hey, he's here. It's Aquaman. Come aboard. Look at this. Uh, someone's tossed. <laughs> this giant shell. A giant shell covered in moss. Uh, aboard our ship, come check it out. Aquaman moves the moss aside. It's and there's a note, a dreadful challenge etched into the side of the shell. It says, "Aquaman, I defy you. I dare you to follow my tracks a thousand miles to the deepest sunken valleys of the Indian Ocean. There we'll battle for supremacy of the seas." Signed, Sea Giant. That was nice that's his name. Yeah, that's sea his Giant. Name. Uh, just then, Aquaman leaps off. He says, "I'll take." to take care of yourself. He can't turn down a fight. He says, I can't pass up a challenge like that. No. Oh, and if and if the sea giant called him chicken? Oh, God. He's like Marty McFly. <laughs> that's the Golden Age Aquaman. <laughs> Just then, Aqu- no, no, that's, that's the Golden Age Marty McFly. <laughs> Just then, that's Aqu- why in the movie he wears the life preserver jacket. <laughs> it's an homage oh, to the Golden right, Age. Right, it makes sense. Uh, we see Aquaman uh, on the ocean floor. He's asking the fish, hey, have you guys seen any giants around here lately? That's very a direct quote. Yeah, very, very nonchalant. He goes, no? Well, that's strange. Or maybe it's not so strange. I love I love everything about all those, those lines. 
see any giants around here? Like, they're like, and and when he swims off, like God, Aquaman, he's just always bothering us, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Have we seen any giants around here? <laughs> he's been he's been smoking a little bit of that seaweed. But he was he was talking about Eli Manning, though, wasn't he? That's what he was. You guys seen any New York giants around here? That's strange, or maybe not so strange. Uh, so instead of going and chasing them, Aquaman says he'll hang out a bit, see what's going on. It's a little suspicious. He peers into the boat, the freighter he was just in, and he sees the captain and another guy in a diving suit talking. He goes, and the captain says, uh, "We've got to find just one piece of red, black, and blue coral. It means a fortune." They're searching for this special coral, and there's a a Chinese man, Chang, uh, Chang named Chang. He's he's tied up. And uh, the captain says to Chang, pointing right in his face, our man monster got rid of Aquaman, Chang. Now we can search for that coral symbol you destroyed. Aqu- Aquaman's in the back going, hmm, hmm. that's seems- then, <laughs> then we see two giant metal feet. Yes, those cast iron feet were made, uh, we made tracks with fooled Aquaman. He goes, yeah. Now, did, they con- did they construct those feet in that room? Because how are they going to get them out of that <laughs> it little doesn't door? Look like, yeah, there's only a tiny door. Um I, it's it's unclear to maybe they fold down or inflatable or something. Uh, but and just think of this ridiculous plan that they came up with. They made these gigantic metal feet. They pulled out this giant shell, carved this note for they Aquaman. To, they had to make sure Aquaman wasn't on their tail. Uh, he wouldn't have been if they didn't attract his attention, though. With the giant feet, they never yes. even guessed. So the, the uh, one of the crew members is going down to to find this rare red, black, and blue coral. So Aquaman, he, he says, like, let's see how this plays out. He goes and gathers a bunch of the coral, leaves it for the diver to find. But he only takes one piece. He's only interested in a small piece of it. And apparently this is extremely rare, very scarce. The Chinese emperors thought it was a treasure, this coral. And they give the cor- Coralium rubrum. I don't know if it's a real coral or not, but it looks like these little basketballs or something. <laughs> what? Well, that's kind of like a black basketball. is like a bowling ball, isn't it? But they, they don't understand. I feel like whoever wrote this did not know what coral was. That it's possible. <laughs> they thought it was some kind of like ball-shaped thing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, maybe it's real. I don't know. Um, uh, so the the diver grabs a piece, gets hauled back up, and then they say, "All right, let's go to the lifeboat. We got the coral. Let's go collect the golden jewels." It seems. Aquaman's what says what's going on. So Aquaman's just essentially doing their work for them. I know. I don't know why he helped them out, but uh, he goes out. I'll, I'll catch him later. I gotta go help Chang the captive. Uh, just then, the unbound Chinese uh, again a different time. This <laughs> is quickly babbling a strange tale. He says, "Aquaman saved the, my country's riches from those pirates. They now have the coral sign." And, and Aquaman, what, what's all this about? Cora, coral and pirates and riches. Chang tells the backstory. Apparently, years before the war, loyal Chinese collected wealth to hide it from the cruel invaders. So this was when, obviously, the war, World War Two. This is yeah, shortly when, after World War Two, and this is, I guess, Japan. It's the Japanese were the invaders, yeah. And the anti-Japanese propaganda was still kind of in. Well, to, in to be fair, the, the the Japanese did. Uh, they were cruel <laughs> invaders. Yes, <laughs> did wreak havoc on uh, yeah. China. I mean, the rape of Nanting is a real thing. It's... So, so uh, back before the war, you know, the, the, they knew the the invaders were coming. They said, "We got to save all this gold and riches." So they put it in a chest, and they take it out to this rocky island, 
and where this old hermit is living. They go, no one would disturb this hermit, Tal Sung, or he, uh, the suspectum of guarding the treasure. They, they show up. They say, hey, can we bury this here? And he goes, yeah, yeah, sure, why not? And he even kind of goes as far as says, no torture can force your secret from me. Uh, he, he took it there. He took it to a... a darker place but uh, well, they, yeah, yeah. they said if anyone I think comes... I think he well, you know what they didn't go into this but when they found him he was reading 50 shades of gray so that's I mean right, I think he kind of I says, think he wanted to go there no bondage can force your secret from yeah me. yeah I think he wanted to go there yeah. <laughs> and they said you know when when we show back up after the war uh, we'll show you this coral and that's how you'll know it's us and uh, so they sail away years later well, wars end uh Chang went to, to go get the wealth again, and these guys showed up. They punched him in the face. Uh, they said, you know, we heard you talk about treasure. We're going to get it from you. But Ch- Chang then destroyed the uh, the coral, and so they couldn't get it. <laughs> Basically, right? He threw it out. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, and and then flashback to present day, Chang tells Aquaman, they, they've been trying to find this coral with no luck, and then after you came, they feared you'd queer their game. Oh my god. Aquaman's always queer in people's games. He is. That's like his favorite <laughs> thing to do. Just then, Aquaman grabs Chang. Do you think he was at the same party that Clark Kent was at? <laughs> yeah, that was that That was that was party earlier. Uh, just then, Aquaman gra- grabs Chang in a headlock, jumps out, he goes, alright, we gotta take Superboy style, really? <laughs> yeah. And Chang's like, Aquaman, I can't swim. But don't worry, Aquaman summons some swordfish to take care of uh, Chang. And then there's also a sad-looking octopus there. And uh, Aquaman says what I can only assume is a is a slur. Come on, eight-arm, yeah. I may need you too. Yeah, that's definitely a slur. That's a racial slur. Against against octopi. Yeah, come on, eight-arms. <laughs> it, it sounds derogatory. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the island, the the pirates have shown up. They said, "Hey, look, uh, we have proof. We're we're here for the treasure. Here's the coral." Uh, then then the old hermit says, "Oh, I see. Uh, the China the China is free again, and and we can use this wealth to rebuild their kingdom." And they go, "Oh, yeah, okay, sure, uh, so, yeah, whatever." And just as they're about to get out of the boat and and dig up the treasure, um, all the swordfish come and smash at their boat. And Aquaman is giving commands. I like how he figured China was free by just a bunch of, you know, Americans showing up with the coral. Yeah, he didn't seem to. He was just hoping to, that they'd bring him the, uh, the, the coral. Second, That's all he wants the is the second coral. book in the, uh, in the, yeah, in the, in the trilogy. I don't even know what it's, it's called, but. Uh, Coral Rubrivium. <laughs> 51 <laughs> Shades of Grey. 50, Aquaman's barking 51 out. 51 Shades of Coral. Aquaman's barking out. Orders to the uh, the the swordfish charge him spear noses grab him eight oh, arms again. I mean, that's jeez, spear noses eight arms. Jeez. <laughs> and he, he says, "Get that man, Octi. I'll, gra- I'll grab the coral." And they're all just doing as he as he says. Uh, they and the octopus grabs holds all the guys. The spearfish uh, kind of jabs think, one of the guys in the I back, think kills him, or at least paralyzes. <laughs> Probably him. paralyzes him for life. Uh, uh, and then Chang and Aquaman show up, and, and they say, "Okay, we're, we have the coral now." And he's like, "All right." And he goes, "Okay, yeah, just uh, dig it up there." And uh, Aquaman sends the the pirates off to the mainland to go to jail. Chang rides one of the uh, <laughs> the swordfish 
<laughs> back, back to China. Ma- back to mainland China, and the swordfishes speared the uh, the chest containing the precious jewels. And uh, Chang says, "Thanks, Aquaman. May all free China's enemies end there." Uh, that's very. That was a very pro-Chinese story. It was, and that was it. Aquaman in footsteps in the ocean by Lionel Richie. <laughs> Um, I want to see who wrote. Okay, uh, who wrote that particular story? It was Lionel Richie. It was. Yeah, it was. Oh my God! It does say "Footsteps in the Ocean." Script question mark. <laughs> no one knows. No one so, would step forward to take take credit for that. And that's. It. I think it was Lionel Richie. Then the the Green Arrow story also has a question mark for the script. And that's it. Uh... That I'm not surprised. <laughs> Adventure Comics number one oh three. What yes. what a group of stories there! I it was to, it was adventurous. I have to say the uh, the Superboy comic was probably my favorite one this week. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. Uh, definitely the strongest of the bunch, and the the he- contained the most adventure. Yeah, oh, that that is without without a doubt. Without Although question. We, neither one of us read the Shining Knight or Johnny Quick stories. So. Yeah, they, they probably contained adventure too. Although I would say actually the story that contained the most adventure was that Wheaties ad with the with the fortune teller. <laughs> or he's calling up to uh He's calling his mom. He's calling up to uh check your mother on Wheaties. They need to bring that That's like a that's back. like a kinda like a street quote, right? Check your mother on Wheaties. <laughs> like a, if you got in a rap battle. It's a bird. <laughs> it is the breakfast of champions. All right. That was it. Adventure Comics number 103, another comic in the books. So, soon we will be... I saw what he did there, another comic in the books. Oh, that's right. I didn't mean to do that, but... You guys can look forward to Stephen and Meet the USA. Like Mm -hmm. we said, we'll be doing Maine here very soon. Send us your comments about Maine, impressions of Maine, stories about Maine. I'd like to hear someone's impression of Maine. (laughs) They're on Maine! That's it. You already did it. Yeah, I know. To stevenandy at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, like us on iTunes. Review us on iTunes. I, I haven't checked any of our iTunes reviews in a while. Hopefully there's no. some new ones. Um, we also that's... have, so in addition to Stephen Andy Meet the USA, we'll continue to do these comics every once in a right. while. Yeah. If you have any you'd like us to read, just send us an email or, or uh, post about it on Facebook. We'll, we'll take requests. Why not, right? Yeah, might as well. All right, any final words to wrap up this episode? Not really. Um, I mean, it was very adventuresome. Yeah, it was, and, you know, good birthday stories. I hope any Batmites out there... Oh, I know. I there, hope someone had a birthday today, yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, if you did. Uh, it was President's Day yesterday, so that was George Washington's mm-hmm. birthday, so we have mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm dedicating, I'm checking your mother... Uh, checking Wheaties. on Wheaties. Check. Checking George Washington on Wheaties. Yeah, checking your mother. Although his birthday actually is on the 22nd of February. Okay, so we're we're a little early. This is an early birthday present then to, yeah. to George Washington. All right, Batmites, citizens of the world, we will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm. Check your mother on Wheaties. <laughs> Goodbye. But I never had